Welcome to Just Julie. I am Julie, and I want you to know how thankful I am that you chose to join me today. And now, here is today's episode. Today's podcast is about camp safety for our kids. And we want to talk about the well-being of our children when they go to camp. And that dynamic is a mix of factors that include physical, social, psychological, and spiritual wellness. Join me as we talk about all of those things. Hello and welcome to Just Julie today. This is a difficult topic. Camp safety. And you might be thinking, well, I don't get it. I mean, uh, yeah, safety is a big deal. You're right, it is. And sometimes we think about it as just physical safety. And while that is absolutely important... I think there are some other safety concerns that go along with camp. When our kids are excited about camps that go on in in the summer and they look forward to it and parents look forward to it, and those are great times. You know, I am not new to helping to form and put together a camp. Way back in the 1980s, the mid-80s, my parents and myself put together a camp in West Virginia, and it was for Florida College. And Florida College then was the oversight for the camp. They were the governing body. They made sure things were done the way they are supposed to be which is what they still do today. And they take it very seriously. And I deeply, deeply appreciate that. But there are also camps that individuals create, which is fine. But what happens sometimes is there is not that governing body that helps to hold people accountable. Um, There is something called the American Camp Association. And I've been researching that and looking at all the things that they put into place to help make sure that children, minors, are safe in camps. And this includes... Safety, physical safety, emotional safety, and making sure that the child is protected. The American Camp Association is an accreditation. They have peer review processes. Their goal is to protect the camper that is a safe space physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I would like to strongly suggest 
that when you as parents are looking for camps for your kids to go to, that you look for the board of directors for that particular camp. These camps should have a web page. You should be able to go to the web page and see who the board of directors are. And these are not the camp directors. The camp directors need to be held accountable to the board of directors. Accountability is the key. The American Camp Association does a lot of training, a lot of training. And some states will require a lot of training for anyone who is putting together a camp to be done in some kind of park or something like that. Each state is different, but when you're specifically with this organization, they will have you go through training for all of these things that a child needs to feel safe, have a safe space. So number one, parents, when you are looking at a camp for your children to go to, look to see if they have a board of directors for that particular camp. Number two, it's important for every camp situation, director, board of directors, counselors, anyone who's on staff, that mandatory reporting of abuse has criteria in every state. Every state. Now, please know that when there is reporting of abuse, this is not where judgment has already been served. This is sharing an experience that has been witnessed and you're just giving the information to the proper authorities. That's it. Some states, you can be anonymous. Other states have different criteria. But let me tell you this. Mandatory reporters are healthcare personnel, educators, child care providers, mental health professionals, law enforcement officers, clergy, social workers, medical examiners, additionally included personnel who provide organized activities for children at camps and day camps. There's also something that needs to be said, that if mandatory reporting is not happening, um, there's a fine for that. If down the road, an incident becomes more public and no one reported it. There was witness, but no one, no one reported it. I think the thing that concerns me the most about camps, and I love camps, and I, I, I don't want to come across as I'm non-camp. I am, it's not what I am at all. But I think we have to realize that as parents, we are taking our children, ages 10 all the way up through 18, to a place for a week, 
And we, we drop them off there. We sign the papers. We do everything we're supposed to do. And we leave, we leave that campsite, that campground, believing our children are safe, that our children will be cared for, that our children will be loved. And how do you know? How do you know? Now, granted, there are times when you, you know, you know people. And I get that. But I will say when, when we're in the business, for lack of better words, of creating camps for kids, it doesn't matter if I'm the one hosting this, if I'm the director, or it's someone else that you know. Everyone needs to have criteria. They need to have policies and procedures. They need to have something set in place that's a standard that everyone will adhere to and that you as the parent knows that this is what will happen at this camp. Mandatory reporting of abuse. Now, let me say this. Physical abuse that can be seen. Here's the problem. Here's one of the problems. It's the emotional abuse. Emotional abuse. And you know, it doesn't matter if it's in a camp setting, if it's a domestic, if it's at school. Sometimes it's hard to just pin down emotional abuse. Well, let me just kind of give you a little bit of an idea what, what that means. Emotional abuse is constant criticisms accusations and blame, playing mind games, suspicious and skeptic about everything, isolation, verbal abuse, yelling out bad names. This is one thing that I think is probably one of the most painful things a child can go through, whether it's at school or at home or camp, is being picked on, is feeling left out. And, you know, for the most part, camp directors and counselors do a really good job of making sure that people feel included and they're not left out. You know, some for some kids, coming to camp is a big deal. It can be very scary. For other kids, they're so used to it, they love the socialization part. Here's the thing. We don't know about all the homes these children come from. We don't know. We don't know what goes on in people's homes. And because of that, we have to be very careful how we deal with children. And I think One of the things that is really important is that no child, no child should ever be isolated to the point where they feel like that they are purposefully being pulled away and being interrogated and being left to feel like they are being shamed. And adding on to that, every child should be allowed to call home if they need to talk to a parent. 
You know, I remember back when we uh, had the camp, the uh, Florida College camp back in, in, in West Virginia. Um, we had a pay phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was back in the day, right? And so we had certain times when kids could call home and they did. They wanted to. And they would come and line up and they would each, you know, get to make their phone call. And that was that was very uh, safe for them. It felt secure. It felt like that they were allowed to continue <laughs> to maintain the relationship with their parents. Because you just never know what's going on in the minds of kids. So... Kids being away from parents, sometimes, you know, parents leave and the kids are like, see you later, bye. Other times, kids are hugging mom and dad, little tears here and there. You know, we get that. But every child needs to feel like it's emotionally safe for them to be with other adults. So, number one. Every camp, every individual camp needs a board of directors. Number two, it's imperative that each of these individual camps understand that mandatory reporting is just that. It's mandatory reporting. All right, so the next thing that I want to talk about is also kind of alarming. And I have a title for it. It's, it's called sexual storytelling. And I know this might sound alarming to you. Like, what are you talking about? What is that? Well, so it, it, it doesn't, you know, come, come across as that's what's happening. But if you step back from it and look at exactly what is going on, I think it's important to note and make sure that this doesn't happen. Many times especially in faith-based camps, there's a lot of prayer, rightfully so. You know, prayer is very important. And sometimes there's circles um, outside of prayer group. There could be some kind of confession circle of some kind. What happens in some of these is especially the boys especially with boys. Confessions happen a lot. Prayers can happen a lot, and there's a lot of emotions. Why? Because at camp, you don't sleep much. If you eat, you eat probably a lot of sugar. Uh, You're very tired, and you're trying to cram everything in in one week, and you don't want to miss a thing. So when it comes time to talk about things that are kind of heavy, you know, some kids will, they'll, they'll tell a lot of stuff. And so those, those kids who are, are dealing with things like pornography in their lives or any other kind of sexual behaviors that shouldn't be happening, they may be telling it. They may be telling it in front of kids who have no idea. And just because a kid is a teenager doesn't mean that they've Heard it all, seen it all. Yes, in our world, it's very different. It certainly is different from the 1980s. Culture is different from the 1980s. But every home is different. That's what it goes back to. 
And so what can happen is there is storytelling of the sexual issues that are happening with the kids. Now, let me say that if someone is telling their sexual issue, imagery, imagery comes up in in your head. That's just how that works. And I'm of the persuasion that this kind of thing needs to come to a halt. Number one, why? Because where are your mental health resources for kids who are struggling like this? Again, we don't know what all is going on at home. Number two, where's the follow-up with these kids? What's going on there? There always needs to be follow-up. Number three, not everybody, even a counselor, even a counselor can't handle all of that stuff. It wasn't too long ago that a counselor um, came to talk to me and said, hey, um, what do I do with all this stuff that I hear? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, well, you know, I, I, I'm involved in, and he named the, he named the camp, and, and we just hear all this stuff about what goes on, on in somebody's home, or we hear all the stuff that these kids are doing with their phones and all this. He goes, man, I don't know what to do with all that. Yeah. And so if a, if a counselor who's in their, their 20s or 30s doesn't know what to do with all that, how do you think a 13 or 14-year-old knows what to do with all that? I have to say that camps that focus on spiritual connection, health and wellness, and promote things that are good, promote your prayer life, promote connection with your parents, promote good friendships, promote healthy spiritual lives. That's what faith-based camp should be about. That's what it's about. It, it, it can't be sexual storytelling time because that is creating harm. How do I know that? Huh? Sometimes parents call me and I've had clients. So I think there needs to be a very, very, very strict lens on what exactly are we going to allow our children to see and hear? And I think we need to think about that. Number four, and this goes back to isolation, but there is something called parental interference. And this is when an adult outside of the home has all of a sudden become the guru for the child. And in that, there is secrecy. And in that is, I won't tell your parents. And in that is, communicate with me because I know all about what you need and your parents don't. That increases anxiety, depression, shame, guilt. It also creates an adverse response to parents. 
we've got to be careful about stuff like that. You know, as I started out with, this is not an easy topic. But when I've been listening to minors or parents or previous campers share their stories, I was compelled to raise awareness as to what we need to be looking for as parents. Again, camps are great. I'm all about them. But there's got to be a lot more accountability for what is happening with our children where there's no governing body and there's no board of directors. Thank you a lot for listening today. I prayed a lot about this, but in my prayer, I saw the faces of the people who shared their pain and their heartbreak and the parents who shared as well. But in all of this, remember to be kind. This podcast is brought to you by The Still Waters. The Still Waters is a service to provide counseling when you don't know what to do or how to make it through those difficult days. Buried beneath a lifetime of heartache and broken, sometimes help is needed to find the real you, the genuine you, created by God. Through the still waters, you can find the life tools that lead to peace and healing and happiness. Go to the website, stillwaterslife.com, and take the first step toward rising above and finding a better life. stillwaterslife.com. Visit the website today, stillwaterslife.com.